Always on a Sunday. Always on a Sunday. Wait a minute. That's if I were a rich man. (laughs) If I were a rich man, what would I do? That's a good question for you. What would you do if you were rich? Well, I would make sure that my family had a legacy to educate every member of the family that wanted to learn. That's what I'd do. And then I'd give the rest away. And they could learn whatever they wanted to if they wanted to learn a trade. Yes. Like one of the things I would like to learn if I could go back and be young again, I'd go like to welding school or become a welder or something or some type of trade. Um. Yeah, I think I could probably handle the carpentry part pretty well. I've watched welding, and I think that hot metal part is probably just a little on the edge for me, but it'd be perfect for you. I know, because I love hot metal. Actually, you know what excites me about the trades? What? Is that you're not sitting in a cubicle. That's you're right. You're up and working and doing things, and that's the advice that I gave my own child, which was whatever you do in life, make sure it you know, you don't end up sitting in a cube well, like your mother. It's making something of value. Mm-hmm. You're acting to convert something into something else that other people will value, even if it's art. Well, you're using your mind and your hands. It's craftsmanship. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's cool. A lot of people don't know this. Once upon a time, I was a special advisor to the Midland Public Schools Vocational Advisory Board. Wow. And what did you do, Mr. Advisor? (laughs) I like the way you say that. Will you say that one more time? What were your responsibilities? (laughs) My responsibilities were to advise the school district how to teach kids to want vocational education by making it attractive. It was in the days when computers were still very much a novelty. They weren't small enough yet to carry them around in our pockets and not miniaturized to be part of our phones. But I helped influence the school district in Midland to think about the kids who were not on the college track and in Midland, you know, with all the chemists and engineers, there were a lot of kids that were going to college, but there were still a lot of trades needed around Midland. So for welding and construction and things of that nature. Electrician. Well, yeah, and that was where my forte came in because I worked for the phone company and I knew something about repairing computers and computerized electrical parts and all that. It was kind of a fun thing to do. (laughs) You know what? That is kind of cool. And that's something that, you know, vocational programs are super important and they're really needed today. I mean, I think there's quite a few trades that are suffering from not getting enough people interested in the areas, different areas. So, you know what I was thinking today, Denbo? What? We've been on our new nutritional program for 10 weeks. We've completed 10 weeks. Yes. And let's see, I've lost 22.8 pounds and you've lost 26 pounds But what's super amazing about this whole thing is that your dancing has improved. And this is a precious comment because one of the regrets that I've had in my life is the times that we've gone to the Grand Hotel, for example, and you've been wanting to dance and I don't dance. I I 
maybe danced a little bit when I was in seventh or eighth grade, but not really much since then. But you've been dancing more and more these last 10 weeks and you're, you got more action going on. And I think it's because of this new program. You've got more energy and you've lost 26 pounds and you're leaner and, you know, your moves are more jiggy jiggy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Well, kind of like yours are right now. <laughs> oh, Dunbo, we have to have fun. Let's get jiggy with it. <laughs> I was thinking of that song, No Parking, Baby. Mm -mm. No parking on the dance floor. Mm -mm. I'm unfamiliar with that song. No parking, baby. Well, that was popular in my day. Aha. Uh -huh. Well, your day was a little after my day. Yeah. In, in my day, it started with the Shirelles. And it ended with Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> yeah. you could, All that music is very danceable. I'm not so sure about Purple Haze is danceable. <laughs> or The Wind Cries Mary. You know what was funny is when we were coming home from our trip last weekend to South Bend, we were listening to some kind of, I think we were listening to classic rock or some kind of music. And I can't not tap my hand or fingers or toes or you know snap my fingers or sing along and i look over at you and you're just sitting there perfectly straight with your hands on your on your lap and just you know like you're just internalizing all of it and it's it's not like an outward of expression of the moving with the beat or the rhythm or anything like that. It's I find it very interesting that I can't sit still when I listen to music and then you can just sit there so calmly. It doesn't like make you want to move. Oh, it does make me want to move, but I'm in I'm very much enjoying the music, the lyrics the bass i'm listening for the various parts of the band that's performing and over time i've learned to recognize the bass line and where's the rhythm guitar and the lead guitar and the drums and in fact i think it was either on the way down or on the way back from there i told you about a particular beatles song that I wanted to be played at my memorial service when oh, I'm yeah. I'm gone. It's called the end, right? It's called the end. But you want the whole medley, not just the song That's, the end. So yes. what songs are in the medley? Well, it starts with a carry that weight and and moves to the end. And if you go all the way, that whole side of Abbey Road has her Majesty's a pretty nice girl, but she doesn't have a lot to say. <laughs> it's kind of a cute song. But the uh, part I really like about the end is that it has a hugely powerful drum beat from Mr. Richard Starkey. And at some point, the rumor was that he didn't actually play it. It was super powerful drums. And I didn't know it at the time, but in 1969, when Abbey Road came out, like October, November timeframe, I had to get my copy. And of course, the rumors were flying that Paul McCartney was really dead and that John and the Beatles had inserted lots of lyrics to suggest that he was dead. And the guy 
acting like Paul McCartney was actually a double, which was unbelievable at the time. But I remember there was also a counterculture thing going on with kids wearing T-shirts that said, Clapton is God. And Cream was big a couple of years before and was still big, but Eric Clapton had moved on. And I can remember vividly, senior in high school, having a conversation with my brother as we're listening to this on our stereo. said, yeah, well, Clapton might be good, but he's not as good as this. And in the end, there were four guitars playing. It's one of the rare pieces that the Beatles did where there were four guitars playing and so you're thinking, well, gee whiz, there were four members of the Beatles. Guess who the fourth guitarist was but Eric Clapton. Cool. I love Eric Clapton. That would be awesome. Yeah. And um, he also performed on a song on the White Album, which was a year before the... Um, while My Guitar Gently Weeps, mm -hmm. he was called in at the last minute by George Harrison, his best friend, and uh, asked to come in and play. And he had essentially the second take of this song. And as the Beatles channel had a quick segment on it, they said, you know, here's the follow-up version. This is... Eric Clapton with the Jeff Healy band playing this after George had passed on. And, uh, you know, it was pure Clapton. It was really good. Really good. So, small world. My brother and I are saying, yeah, sure. Clapton can't be as good as the Beatles. He was, for all intents and purposes, playing on the Beatles record. He was a Beatle. Mm-hmm. He was like the fifth Beatle in a way. In a way. Well, Billy Preston gets that oh, title, yeah. as does George Martin. George Martin was really the fifth Beatle for many, many years. I remember seeing the show that we've talked about, the documentary that we've talked about, um, seeing that Billy Preston play, and he was really good. Yeah. Seeing those guys playing together in the studio for that documentary was really interesting. Very cool. Yeah, it was. Very dynamic. It was nice to see how they interacted with each other and how they had a fight and how they got over it. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what else we were talking about today? So today we had some family time. Yeah. <laughs> with someone that uh, we refer to as Aunt Debbie. Yes. Who's like, you know, my best friend from college. And uh, we were hanging out today, and she also is celebrating something. Uh, Ten weeks of no smoking. That's a big deal. Which is deal. phenomenal. Yeah, that's she's, a big she's deal. She's smoked, you know, on and off through the years and quit for a couple years and then gone back on. But she's, she's quit now. And um, we were talking about how people used to smoke. Like, she used to, she was a nurse, and or she is a nurse, but when she first was practicing she was uh taking care of babies at the children's hospital and she talked about how the nurses would smoke 
you know, while they were holding a baby and, you know, in the break room, maybe holding a baby and smoking and then writing out their report or whatever, giving report to the next nurse coming on shift. And she said how the doctors would come into the rooms and be smoking, you know. Yeah. And even how the patients at the hospital, if you were an adult, you know, not obviously at the children's hospital, but if you were an adult patient, how there were smoking rooms. And as long as you didn't have oxygen going in the room, you could smoke in your room. And it's so hard to believe that, that, you know what I mean? We don't think of that now. Like I remember, you know, my first professional job out of college was in 1990 and I went to apply at this place where I I applied, but then I got called in for an in-person interview. And when I went in, it was a really cool office with like a red wall and the, you know, receptionist was there and this really cool furniture. It was real kind of dark and everything in the reception area. And then I walked into the HR department. Everybody was smoking. And there was like every office had puffs of smoke. People that were sitting, you know, in cubicles. Cubicles were already popular in that time. And there was just like this weird flow like a haze just above you know the cubes and then there was only the ceiling you know so it was like weird to see all this smoke going on yeah like i didn't think it was weird you know because it was you know smoking was allowed in the offices but i remember when they went to non-smoking they opened up a smoking lounge and so people could no longer smoke at their desk and then they had to go into the smokers lounge and then they had exhausted the air out or whatever but it was just, you know, when you think back, that was only 30 years ago, 32 years ago. Well, it was socially acceptable then, but it's not now. No. I mean, we wouldn't dream of, you know, now, you know, they say, you know, then the rules change, right? Then you had to, then there was no smoking lounge inside the building. So then you went outside to smoke. And then they said you had to be 25 feet away from the door. And now it's like, oh, no, this is a completely, you know, for offices, this is a non-smoking campus. Yeah. So you can't smoke at all on the property. So it's really amazing. And then you were saying that, you know, on these different movies and stuff and like these different shows that they're watching, there's like a warning. Yeah. It's uh, if you remember the movie rating system, it always talked about sex and violence Mm-hmm. And uh, now they say there's cursing and smoking as, in, a, in a involved in the, like in yeah. the same category yeah. as we're warning you that don't be offended, but there's going to be smoking in this movie. <laughs> it's like what the heck? That's so weird. Yeah. Considering... So there's going to be profanity. There's going to be nudity and smoking. Yes. <laughs> Oh no! It's Tobacco. Wild. It's wild. Yeah. What will the pastor say at church? <laughs> well, it's not even that, but it's just it's amazing. But I'm so glad that you know the kids don't smoke. So or not so bad. much. You know these yeah. kids with Juul and these. Yeah, the vapes. Vapes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. That's but I think that's better than inhaling tobacco. I'm still offended by it in public places. Oh, okay. I remember. Coming or going from, I think it was a Detroit airport some time ago. And down in the baggage area, there was some young man standing up on top of the carousel, smoking a vape and, you know, essentially challenging people to scream at him. And Well, that, yeah, I think they should definitely do that outdoors still. Yeah. You know? I wanted to oblige him, but I thought, 
I didn't want to go to jail for assault, so well, don't I curbed don't it. Don't be like we we have friends and family members that vape, so I mean we got to be you know. Yeah, just not in a public place where everybody else have to smell the stink of it. Yeah, because it definitely has a scent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. Um, I don't see as much vaping as I did even a f- five years ago. I think I, th- yeah. I think we see less and less vaping than we did at one time. Thank but. goodness. Well, part of it's because the manufacturers have been under greater scrutiny from the government for marketing to kids. That might be. That might be. Wow. So tonight's the Oscars, right? Oscar who? Is it the Oscars tonight? I think it is. The Are Academy they? Awards? Yeah. Yeah. So I know I'm not much of a movie person, but. Well, I'm anxious to hear. Uh, there's some movie about a titled about a dog, and it has one of my favorite character actors in it, Benedict Cumberbatch, which I think is a cool name. But also another one of my favorite actresses is up for an award, Jessica Chastain. And, of course, my interest in it all is peaked because they had a thing on Sunday morning show about one of my favorite movies of all time, The Godfather, which was really interesting to hear from Francis Ford Coppola about how difficult it was for him personally and professionally to make that movie. Yeah, because he was being challenged by the Paramount Studios. And the but you know who else is crew. you know who else is up for an Academy Award is Will Smith, who we both love. Yes. And that movie that he's in is supposed to be really good too. And interestingly, he's also up for the award against somebody he's been up for the award before. Denzel Washington. Yeah, so both of those guys are, well, they're both great actors. Yeah, and once upon a time, my daughter tested me. She's She was appreciating the handsome fellow known as Denzel Washington, and she said, what would you think if I came home with him as a fiancé? And I said, I'd be very happy for you. She said, you wouldn't mind the fact that he's African-American? I said, no, I said, I think he's a great actor. Very talented. So there was no more comment or question about it. She ended up with her husband, who's not Denzel Washington. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that funny, though, that she said that to you? Yeah. She was was testing the waters to see what your reaction would be. Yeah. Well. All I care about is, you know, if you are thinking about getting married, is this a person that is going to be kind to you and good to you? Yes. That's Definitely. the only thing, really, that's a test. Yeah, I agree with that, Denvo. And I grew, I kind of came of age during a period when there were a couple of really good films about the topic of interracial marriage. And the movie Guess Who Came to Dinner was really a good, good movie. Yeah, I know. We've talked about when Sidney Poitier passed away, we've talked about that. Yeah. Yeah, that is a good movie. Also, yeah, and I know we've mentioned this before, but yeah, his standards were super high as far as the type of acting roles that he would take and stuff. So yeah, he was a really, he was a person that really lived his values. And uh, we recently saw a really good movie with Marlon Brando in it, where he played the same basic character of the Godfather. Yeah. (laughs) But it was uh, opposite Matthew Broderick, and it was a comedy if you can imagine placing the godfather 
Vito Corleone with a different name in a movie that was a comedy is kind of hard to imagine. I know. And when you told me about the movie, I didn't think I was going to like it, but I actually ended up liking it very much. Yeah, it was called The Freshman. It was a very, very really entertaining good movie. movie. I highly recommend it. And that movie's got to be, what, 25 years old or more. I think it's more than 30 years old. It could be, yeah. yeah. So that's, that was a great movie. Yeah. And it had... Um, Maximilian Schell in it, German actor, I think. And it had Penelope Ann Miller, who I haven't heard of in years. And it had Bruno Kirby in a critical role. And Bruno Kirby was later in When Harry Met Sally, another comedic role for him. And I don't think I've heard much of him in a while, too. So That is cool. Well, it's a pretty quiet Sunday night, Denbo. Yes, it is. It's very relaxing for us right now, but we're still keeping our prayers for peace. Yes. For everything that's going on in Ukraine. And um, we have to hope that uh, cooler heads will prevail and good will conquer evil. Good always conquers evil. It's just there's a lot of evil that's going to go on to get there. Yeah. I'm there's been a whole lot. Pray. There's been a whole lot. We just have to keep praying for the people of Ukraine who are the innocents in this. And the children. So, you know, oh just, my gosh, when, you, yeah. when you think about the impact on the on the children, it's just horrifying. So, yeah, we have to keep praying. We saw... Um, a really interesting feature tonight on 60 Minutes. Oh, yeah. And it was reminiscent of what's going on in the Ukraine now. It was an interesting story about high-tech recording of survivors of the Holocaust. They made holograms of these people. Yes. Yeah, of yes. actual survivors. Yeah. Yes. And it it is, in a way, sort of like that hologram feature that was part of the star wars movies but it's in reality it's not just the movie making myth and it's uh funded by not only donations but in particular was started by steven spielberg as a follow-up to his movie about schindler's the list yeah yeah so yeah so this particular technology was brought forth by the university of southern california's Shoah project yeah which is to um, create holograms of survivors telling the stories. And th what they do is they use artificial intelligence. So they ask each participant 2,000 questions over the course of a week. Yes. And they're recording them in a dome or wherever they're recording them to be able to capture and make the ho holographic image for later use. And... Um, then they, you know, it, as they answer the questions, then, um, you know, the technology, the database behind the scenes is keeping track of the questions and the and the appropriate answers and stuff like that. So now when they bring this to different museums, they've got three museums that are online already using the technology. You can see the person on the stage as a hologram. Yes. And you can ask them live, in per, like, like live questions. Yes. And then the computer will pull up the appropriate answer that the person is actually speaking it and it's their words and their story. And it's like you can ask them, how old were you when you um, 
went on the train to the concentration camp. You know, in some cases, these people were children at yes. the time when it happened 75 years ago or 80 years ago. So, yeah, it's super cool. And I just thought, wow, that is really impactful because I don't think, I think when you see the pictures, it's it's horrifying for sure. But to have these people tell their own stories of survival and they have like, I don't know how many people they said they interviewed a bunch, but they're all from different points of view. One guy was hiding in an attic for two years. Yes. Another guy, and he was a nine-year-old child. Yes. Um, another person was, you know, obviously taken to a camp and separated. One was in the Joseph Mengel um, trials. With her twin Medical sister. trials on twins. Yes. You know, so just, and that's just a smattering. What we saw tonight was just yes. a smattering, but yes. it's just amazing. So it's uh, it's really an impactful way to bring the stories to life. It reminded me very much of the the theme of the middle part of one of my favorite books, Man's Search for Meeting by Viktor Frankl, mm -hmm. where he told his tale of his experience in the concentration camps and the horror and then the beauty of the experience as he related it that it had beauty for him in a way. Um, there were very touching moments of what people did to survive, uh, despite the horror of the treatment that they were getting. And he was able to turn the adversity and the horrific experience into a whole new field of psychology. It's just, it blows my mind that people can have such different experiences come out of the horror. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People are just horrible to each other. People can be very wonderful to each other. And as one of those people on the Shoah experiment were talking tonight, the possibility is very much always in front of us to make a choice to do right to do our best to do right right yep correct well okay darling i am ready to go back and watch some academy awards i'm oh, interested to see okay what's going to happen with will smith i'm really pulling pulling for him and I also want to see the hosts, Regina Hall and Amy Schumer yeah, and Wanda Sykes. So those are well, three of my favorites. Well, Wanda and Amy are two of my favorite funny people. And um, Regina is one of my favorite actors. She has been for a long time, and I didn't realize how long her career has been. But she started as a child actor, and she's always been good in anything she's in. So. Mm -hmm. And Wanda will definitely make it fun. Yeah. All right. Well, let's make it a, an early night and uh, we'll talk again soon. I hope so. I love you. I love you. Kisses.